and welcome to Movie Madness with myself, Jonathan Watson, and my good... <laughs> That's a completely different one. Oh, with geez. myself. With, with myself, with with me, myself and I. Allow myself to introduce myself. myself. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Movie Madness with Jonathan Watson and Tom Bat. I'm Jonathan Watson, that's Tom Bat. Or I could do... Um, Hello, uh, this is Movie Madness with Jonathan Watson and Tom Bat. Um, we are happy that you are listening. Um, I, um, no, I no. can do... Um, <laughs> I, uh, you're listening to Movie Madness with Jonathan Watson and Tom Bat. This week, the two will be talking about the hit... Well, I don't know if it was a hit. It was <laughs> certainly one of the classics. <laughs> okay. Hello and welcome to Movie Madness with Tom and Jono. I've gone to... Why can't I do it? Every You're single. It. I do. The more you make mistakes, the more you're thinking about it. Okay, right. Well, I can do this. Just take your time. Do don't rush it. And relax. Okay. Yeah, but I do rush it because that's the whole point. I'm. I'm like. We we'll just slow it down. Okay. Um, right. Okay. I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. I can. Of course, I can do it. It's just it's one line. It's just talking. It's just, yeah. Yeah. That's all it is. That's all it is. Okay. All right. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Movie Madness with myself, John. Oh, no, for God's sake. <laughs> we just move on? No, 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 I can do this. I can do this. I want, to get, I want to get this done. I want to do it. Okay, right, I can do this. I can do this. Right. Hello and welcome to Movie Madness with Tom and Jono. I'm Jonathan Watson. <laughs> We're talking about Taxi Driver this week, guys. <laughs> We're talking about Taxi Driver. Um, a, a classic by Mr. Martin Scorsese. Featuring Robert De Niro, Harvey Keitel, and a very young Jodie Foster. A very, very young. Yeah. How old is Jodie Foster in this film? 13? Uh, 12. 12. Fucking yeah. hell. That's not, that's not right. She's playing a prostitute. It's not right, is no. it? Makes no. me a little bit uncomfortable to watch it now. It is uncomfortable. It's an uncomfortable film to watch in general. Overall, yeah. It's not, it's not full of comedic moments. It's not a comedy. If, if you're expecting a funny I can't film, think of one bit that I would laugh at. <laughs> then again, if has anyone ever put Martin Scorsese and comedy in the same sentence? Um, yeah, are they? Martin Scorsese directed the film King of Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got me there. Hmm? I think he done. I'm pretty sure he directed that. Yeah. Oh, well, you've got me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that didn't take long, did it? Right, okay. So this film <laughs> um, isn't funny. It's not a comedy. He isn't the king of comedy at all. No. Um, he's a taxi driver. He is a taxi driver. He kind of de- depressed. Yeah, sort of delusional, delusional, insomniac taxi driver. Yeah, veteran of Vietnam. Yeah, ex soldier. Yeah. He's got a couple of doesn't have any friends screws up in his head loose. No family, really. Yeah, it's sad. Sad, lonely man. Yeah, basically. Who decides to get a job as a taxi driver doing yeah. the late night shifts because he can't sleep? Yeah. Um, likes to talk to himself. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because he doesn't have 
many people to talk to. It's Although a, that's probably the reason to become a taxi driver is because at least you get to talk to people. Uh, yeah. 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 You'd have to be a people person really to be a taxi driver, which he is not. No. Um, Spends a lot of time in porn cinemas. Yeah. Have you know what is the? Uh, do you think Martin Scorsese goes to porn cinemas? Uh, where did that come from? <laughs> well, in The Departed, Jack Nicholson uh, meets Matt Damon in a porn cinema. I don't know. Maybe so he just, just thinks that's probably like a seedy, a seedy place, place that people yeah. would go. It's a good spot to yeah to do like yeah. Paul Rubens did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so yeah, he could have done that. He could have just said, "Oh yeah, we're when he got caught." He could have said, "Well, we're remaking Taxi Driver." <laughs> yeah, just doing some research for the role. He, he could have. Like, yeah. I don't think anyone would have. We believed don't believe that. you. <laughs> I don't think anyone believed that. Pee Wee does Taxi Driver. Yeah. <laughs> Are you talking to me? <laughs> uh, although that is probably the. The biggest scene in the film. It is. We're talking yeah. about it now. Um, you're talking to me. We are talking to you. Improvised as well. Yeah, you could. I, I, that doesn't surprise me. That it was improv. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. It, it's probably one of the most iconic scenes of all time. It's the one that seems to be parodied quite a lot. Yeah. Referenced. Yeah. Um, we won't do it because I think everyone has probably had it enough times. Do what? The, the scene okay <laughs> not falling for that one um, what, I mean what's your I mean is that your favourite scene um, uh, I don't know really. it's hard to pick a favourite scene in this film there's yeah. not many that it's not that out. kind of film that's got yeah loads of yeah I mean I I don't know, it sounds weird, but I kind of like the scene where he buys the guns. Yeah. Just because the guy that plays the gun dealer used to be a real gun dealer. Really? Apparently, yeah. That's why he was hired. Yeah, it's quite, apparently he's quite a well-known guy. Really? It turns out that the story, the bit in Pulp Fiction yeah. where Mia Wallace overdoses... Yeah. And they're giving her the adrenaline shot. Yeah. That is based on a story that actually happened to this guy. He was in a doc- documentary about himself and he retold that actually happening. And supposedly Tarantino saw that documentary and used that. So was so he. That actually happened to him. So he actually overdosed he himself? He didn't overdose himself, but he was round someone's house. When they overdosed? When, they, when a girl overdosed. And he had to give the adrenaline shot. And he was exactly how he told it. He was saying, oh, yeah, I got a magic marker. And I put a cross on her chest to point out where her heart was. Yeah. And then I had to smack it down in a stabbing motion. And you're thinking, shit, this is exactly how it happens in Pulp Fiction. Bloody hell. So this guy's had a pretty incredible life. Wow. And that's why I like that scene, because he sounds genuine. It's real. When he's selling those guns. Yeah. And he's obviously using his experience. Yeah. To sell the part. And that's, I think that's the good thing about Scorsese's films as well, is because they are real. 
Yeah. They're gritty. They're always gritty. They're always gritty. They're always real. I never watch a Scorsese film. You're not going to see a Scorsese film like we were talking about Speed a couple of weeks ago, where you're going to see a a bus jumping over a gap in the bridge. You're not going to see that stuff in a Scorsese film. No. He makes. He likes realism. He likes real stories. Probably the most real thing that he's ever done was uh, Shutter Island. (laughs) Completely real. However, it is real. I mean, everything I mean, about that film is real. Say, technically, you could say, yeah, it is real. It's just a guy that's losing his shit. Yeah, psychological episode. Yeah, could be real. It could be easy. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Scorsese's back catalogue of films as well is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about Spielberg. It seems last like he does week. a lot of stuff that's based on true stories. Yeah, Goodfellas and Casino and that. Yeah, they're, they're real. That's what he's best at doing as well. I think. Yeah. Gangs, the gangster genre is, is. It's, I mean, it's his forte. I know a lot of people. You say, what's the best gangster film of all time? People think Godfather or Godfather Part Two. But Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Yeah, I think Goodfellas as well. I think Goodfellas is the best gangster film. Yeah. Um, I think it's Scorsese's genre. I think if 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 you were going to give different people a genre and you were going to go right, yeah, okay, the, it's definitely that sort of gangsters, the Italian, yeah, sort of mafia style. Yeah, I mean, when you think if I say western, what director do you instantly think of? Well, personally, me personally, yeah, Sergio Leone. That's who everyone thinks but of. Most who, people would think John Ford. No, I wouldn't. I'd think Leone because as well. Yeah, but Leone only did spaghetti westerns. But if you're yeah, thinking American westerns, yeah, but that's westerns, but that's but I'm not thinking American I think a westerns. A lot of people would think when, John Wayne. When I John think, Ford. but when I think western, okay, Grant, I do think John Wayne sometimes. But I normally the first thing I think of when I hear westerns, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, that's the first thing I think, and then I think spaghetti westerns, and I think Sergio Leone. Yeah, that's what I think. And when someone says gangster to me, I think Scorsese. Yeah. I don't think Francis Ford Coppola. No, I mean Francis Ford Coppola only really he did, did Godfather. Godfather. Yeah, that was it? But it, arguably, Godfather's one of the best films of all time. A lot of people will say that. Um, well, Godfather Part Two in particular, Part Two, is which best, also had yeah. De Niro in it. Yeah, but I, yeah, I'd agree with you. I'd say Goodfellas, and Goodfellas. I would say Scorsese. I would, if is I was going to sit down and watch one Goodfellas every time. Yeah. yeah. Just because it's, I don't know, Godfather because it's spread out over three films. You kind of think, well, yeah, you're not good fellas. You only got to watch the one film. Yeah, self-contained. Yeah, and it's also a little bit more violent. Much yeah. more happens in it. I think. Yeah, I really like the acting as well in Goodfellas. I mean, yeah, I don't get Ray me wrong, it's really good in it. Yeah, Ray, I, I like Ray yeah. Liotta in it. I just my favourite scene in Goodfellas. Um, other than Joe Pesci, oh, Joe, Joe Pesci is brilliant. Great in everything. He, he's, yeah, he is fantastic. He's one of the best actors of Even all time. Lethal Weapon Four. He's still good. He's good. Everything it. he does is good. Yeah, he like just delivers. Yeah. Delivers every time. He's probably probably one of the most reliable actors ever. Mm. But probably my favourite scene of Goodfellas is De Niro sitting at that bar, and the music kicks in. And it's just his face looking at that guy, and you just you just know 
that he's going to do something. Mm. It's like, shut up. Yeah. Shut up. You don't even have to say anything. It's like, that's how good De Niro is as an actor. Just it's like, intense stare. all you need to do is just, just stare. Yeah. And it's just, that's, that's probably my favorite scene. Just purely for that. Oh, favorite scene. Favorite scene. So I've got to be careful because sometimes I get muddled with Casino. Yeah. Because it's both De Niro and Pesci again. Yeah. So some scenes in that. Um, Goodfellas. I'm hard pressed to pick a favourite scene, I think. But also, the reason why I like that scene in Goodfellas is what I think Scorsese does well in his films and with Taxi Driver and stuff like that. You don't, you don't have to always have talking in a film. No. You can those those gems of um, just facial expressions just let the actor just yeah particularly gangster films because gangsters it's always about the action not the words yeah you shouldn't need to say anything yeah just the stare yeah should be enough yeah walk the walk don't talk the talk exactly uh, and yeah those kind of those particular mm. films Scorsese's really good at getting those he builds suspense and tension really well I think Scorsese yeah. he does like like Stanley Kubrick he used to build suspense with his mm. his music and and everything. That's what I think Scorsese does really well as well. He really yeah, gets you tension is sort of just kind of fester a little bit. Yeah, he doesn't rush for a scene. He just lets it slowly unravel. Yeah, and so you're just waiting for something to happen. Yeah, and that gets you more on edge. Yeah, that's what Kubrick was great you're at doing, wasn't he? It. He was great at like the music would take you somewhere. You're expecting something, nothing happens, but oh shit. Got, yeah, caught you off guard exactly. yeah. it's that kind of thing like, oh when's something going to happen when's something going to happen oh wait I know the best scene it's um what do you mean funny funny how yeah no see that's what that was what I was saying the that's obvious exactly, Joe Pesci yeah. that jo- I mean, and that, that that's the same sort of thing like it is it, well, I mean you've gone from one thing you're thinking shit yeah shit <laughs> so it's going to happen yeah and then of course nothing does no. but it's the fact that he makes you think yeah in this moment yeah, oh fuck. Somebody's gonna die. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what that's what he created too. Yeah. It's called Sazy. He's done that in all of his films. We're talking about the Departed as well, this the series. Departed is very similar. Where when they were in the, the bar and there's DiCaprio and Nicholson there and you're like, Oh god, is he gonna find out that he's the rat? What's going yeah. on? What's going on? Yeah, it's you very know. similar. It's brilliant. It's brilliant cinema. It keeps you on your it excites you. It's like what we were talking about with Spielberg as well. Like, with the whole, yeah. you know, War Horse would have been a really boring film if another director had, yeah, had I mean, done it. But he, Spielberg knows how to get emotion. It, Spielberg's really good at getting emotion out of scenes and that, and he makes you feel for what's happening and empathise with characters. Hmm. I think Scorsese's really good at just gripping you. Yeah. And that, likewise, Tarantino, he grips you. That scene in Inglorious Bastards where um, Michael Fassbender is in that bar and the, that, the, the, the Germans realise that I yeah. I literally I cannot take I'm I'm absorbed in that scene I cannot look at anything that's else that's really good writing as well it's amazing it's yeah, amazing it's, it's those Tarantino and Scorsese are really good at doing that yeah um, yeah it's just brilliant cinema it's just great it's just why I love film so much it's for those little gems it's, yeah those it's moments. moments that aren't intended to sort of 
stand out, but just to you, yeah, they just have quite a bit of meaning to them. Definitely, definitely. So, have you got any trivia? Yeah. So, again, <laughs> who should have played it? This guy keeps popping up. Jack Nicholson? No. Okay. Jeff Bridges? Yeah. Really? So the screenwriter wrote the part of Travis Bickle. See, this is the kind of film... Jeff Bridges in mind. This is the kind of film that I thought Jeff Bridges would have gone for. Yeah. As well. It's more of a... It's more of a cult thing. Yeah. And it's more of a role that you really challenging. It is a challenging role, yeah. Which is so, quite for a lot of shit. So was he actually offered the role and did he, he turn it down? It, like, he wasn't offered it. No. Okay. But that's the I think right he, he had might have, in mind. He might have taken it. Yeah. Yeah. The off the role was offered to Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. But he turned it down. Good actor. And he's, he later said that he regretted it. Yeah. But I don't know if... Dustin Hoffman's a great actor, but I don't know whether that's the kind of role for him. No. I mean, it would have been good. It would have given him um, a chance to kind of, like... I don't know. Test himself. Branch branch out into something a bit more gritty. I mean, because Travis Bickle is sort of an anti-hero, so he's not really a good guy. No. And I don't think Dustin Hoffman's really played. Obviously, he's done like Hook and stuff, but they're more sort of Family. lighter villains. Yeah, he's never really done a dark yeah character. No, I can't. A dark villain. I mean, it, maybe he's wrong. A, I don't know. Dustin Hoffman's a great actor. I'm sure he has the. He's got the capabilities of being able to do it, but I just don't know whether he would have been my choice. I don't think he would have been better than Nero. No. Um. Yeah, like I said, Jodie Foster was 12. Yeah, that's... When the movie was filmed. But so disturbing. she could do the more explicit scenes, her sister, who was 19, was brought in as a body double. Right. So even though you feel a bit awkward watching it, it's not really Jodie Foster. Because it's, legally... It's still disturbing, though. It's still disturbing. As an actual film. Just itself. in terms of the story. Because it is supposed to be a yeah, 12 year old. And so. the thing is, you could kind of believe that there are probably... 12 year olds out there doing that which yeah that's the that's the terrifying thing isn't it mm. we live in a world where that kind of where, yeah we look nothing at really like, taken <laughs> it's taken yeah like, they, sex slavery exactly it's worrying and Liam Neeson's just an actor he is he can't save people for real no he can't <laughs> uh, the screenwriter wrote the script in 10 days uh, across two drafts wow. one after the other <laughs> So probably like five days on one draft, five days on the next. And as he was writing, he kept a loaded gun on his desk uh, for motivation and inspiration. A loaded gun? I get the feeling the screenwriter was... A nut job. <laughs> not so much a nut job, but maybe... Because there's... I read that apparently this film is a little bit autobiographical, the screenwriter. There's right. a lot of stuff that you see in the film that this guy actually did. Really? He was a little bit depressed. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know what he's thinking. Like, if I don't finish this draft today, I'm going to shoot me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that's an incentive, a loaded gun. I don't get how that's... Yeah. He must have been suicidal or something. It's like, oh, I'll finish this, and then I'll kill myself. Yeah, that's... 
It's crazy. Speaking of guns, go on. My Scorsese and the MPAA, Motion Picture Association of America. Yeah. And the executives at Columbia, they yeah. wanted the violent content from the film cut. <laughs> that doesn't work then. And one of the biggest rumours is that they were facing an X rating. Right. Which obviously would have killed the film. Yeah. So they wanted to, him to edit the film. And Scorsese stayed up all night drinking with a loaded gun in his hand, preparing to shoot the executive at Columbia the next day. What? It's just a rumour. They don't know whether that's completely true. What the fuck? But after an entire night of persuasion from his friends, he decided to just mute the colours in the violent climax in order to get an R rating. But then there are other stories that they're saying that he was actually planning to kill himself because of the cuts. And somebody else said that he brought the gun to Columbia and threatened the executive until the executive relented. <sighs> yeah. Bloody hell. That's fucked up filmmaking right there. Yeah. I mean, Do you believe that? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know. I can Maybe because they said he was drinking all night then you start thinking well he's not thinking straight because he's probably pissed out of his head hmm that is that is slightly worrying yeah well it's not slightly that's very that's worrying that's very worrying if, like, I if mean, that was actually true I mean I don't and that's just because they were going to give his film an X rating yeah I mean what if they'd have murdered a member of his family <laughs> what would you have done then well because that's a little bit more up, serious fucking hell I mean, I, d- I don't know if I believe that, to be honest. I, but yeah, I believe, I could probably believe that he stayed up drinking all night. Mm. And maybe there was a loaded gun, but there was no intention. I don't know why there would be a loaded gun. <sighs> Americans always have loaded guns, don't they? What is it with the Americans and weapons? It's like... It's every American's right <laughs> to have a gun. It- <laughs> Yeah, don't judge. I'm not judging anyone, but otherwise you know. they'll show you their gun, <laughs> and it'll be the last thing you see. <laughs> yeah. Right. So that was my trivia. Taxi driver. Very interesting. Very interesting. That was that was actually probably the most interesting trivia out of any of the films that you said. Actually, it's quite dark. It's very dark. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, any wannabe screenwriters out there, yeah, struggling to finish a script, just get pissed. Go go buy a gun. Don't do that. <laughs> for inspiration. Don't buy a gun don't for do inspiration. Don't with it. Just put it on the desk next to you. You don't need it. it. Just, um, if you're a creative enough person, then just in your mind... Imagine a gun. Imagine a gun. Yeah. Yeah. As your inspiration. <laughs> I don't know why just that's inspiration. That's so weird. Right, okay. So, um, I think it's time. It's time. It's time. Let's do it. Let's do it. It's time for... The Equal Sequel Wars! Okay. So we're going to come up with a sequel to Taxi Driver, which has not yeah. been done. It hasn't. We've actually... Which makes this all the more interesting. We've got a week where there isn't an actual sequel to a yeah. film. So we've got nothing to compare it to. Okay. So we need four elements, profession, object, event, and a location. Yeah. So if you'd like to pick a profession... Ooh, yeah. Fingers crossed for... <laughs> Have we actually got a taxi driver in there? I don't, I don't know. Well, I hope that I cannot remember. Film director. Okay. I shall select an object. A baseball bat. 
Okay. Which works for a Scorsese film. Yeah. Do I pick an event? A hijacking. Alright, and the last one is a location. And the location is a jungle. <laughs> Alright, okay. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? I'll go first. Yeah. All right, so Travis Bickle just recovered in hospital from everything that happened in the first film. Right. He's feeling much better now. He's become a bit of a celebrity. Okay. Because of what he did. He's been in the papers and everything. Right. People know a bit about him now. And they learn about his past in Vietnam. Okay. He's a soldier. He's got some stories to tell. Yeah. And... He gets approached by a film director mm-hmm. and he says to him, Look, I'm fascinated by you, what you did recently, and I'd like to make a film about you. Okay. Really? Yeah. Telling your story right from your early days yep. going through to now. Yep. And I'd be willing to pay you a lot of money for it. Okay. Travis Bickle, he's, you know, he's not that bothered really, he doesn't really want people to know much about his story. Yeah. So the director says, well, we won't say it's you. We'll just be telling someone's story. Yeah. They don't have to know it's you. So it's like, okay, yeah, fair enough. I'll see you the rights to my life. Okay. So they're working on a script, and they're finding that he's got a lot of stories about Vietnam. Yeah. A lot of tales to tell. Yeah. A lot of horrible things he's seen. Yeah. They think this is going to make, this is going to be like the next best Vietnam film. Right. Like, forget Platoon. Okay. Forget Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Forget Apocalypse Now. Okay. This, this is the Vietnam film. Right. To okay. end all Vietnam films. Right. So they've got a script. Yeah. Perfect film. Think, right, let's go do some location scouting. Okay. And Travis Bickle's going, well, you know what? There are certain locations that I think they need to be shown as they were. Right. So maybe I should come with you. Show you exactly where they were. I can maybe show you the actual place. Yeah. So they head out to the jungles of Vietnam. Yeah. And while they're there, it turns out there's a Vietnamese gang. Right. And what they call them? The. I don't know. Charlie? Charlie. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're just called um, the Deadly Dragon. The Deadly Dragon. Gang. The Deadly Dragon Gang. Okay. And it turns out a lot of them are... <laughs> dragon. Is it just because they're Asian? That's ra- that's racist. They made up the name. I didn't. Okay. It's just what they're called. What have you got me for? So it turns out that a lot of them are children of the Viet Cong. Okay. So they don't really like Americans. Yeah. And they know about Travis Bickle. Oh, right. They've heard stories of this guy. Okay. Slaughtered hundreds. Right. Bit of a shit. 
bit of a shit. Bit of a shit. Bit of a shit. Yeah. And they think, right, we need to get this guy. Mm. Because a lot of us have lost, lost loved ones. Yeah. Because of this guy. Yeah. And he deserves to die. Hard. Hard. <laughs> so, Travis Bickle, the film director, they're on a small little boat making their way up the rivers. Yeah. Working their way around looking for locations. Right. They've got some other people there as well, location scouts and yeah. some of the crew, cinematographer and all that. Oh, that. Also, I noticed earlier on you said that this was better, going to be better than Apocalypse Now, better than Platoon, better than Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. You didn't say whether or not it was going to be better than Tropic Thunder. It won't be better than Tropic Thunder. Okay. All right. Can't be better than Tropic Thunder. Okay. So they're heading out the river and they come across another boat coming the other way. Yeah. And there's a group of guys on there and they don't think anything of it. They just think, oh, two boats passing. Nothing wrong with that. Loved you in Wall Street. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> <laughs> But then as this boat approaches, it starts to slow down. Mm. And they see that these guys have got guns. Yeah. And they're thinking, oh, shit. This isn't good. This does not look good. Yeah. And as they're passing, these guys jump onto their boat and take them all hostage, and they hijack the boat. Oh, shit, yeah. And they all start screaming, they want Travis Bickle. Where's Travis Bickle? No, I mean, he's not here. Mm. He's, he's back at the hotel, just chilling out. Mm. They're like, no, we know he's on the boat, where is he? It turns out Travis Bickle is hiding down in the bottom of the boat. Right. Waiting with a baseball bat. Right, okay. And he knows... He knows that there's probably guys looking for him. Yeah. Because he knows he's done a lot of horrible shit here. Right. And people are probably going to want blood for it. Right. But he's waiting with his baseball bat. So if he knows this stuff, why the fuck would he want to go there? Because he's not scared. <laughs> he's ready. <laughs> Come on. It's Travis Bickle. Okay. So the crew are getting threatened. Yeah. They're starting to panic. Yeah. One of them gets shot, not killed. Just gun goes off, shot in the leg, falls down, yeah. screaming in pain. Yeah. Everyone else crowds around him, seeing if he's all right. Yeah. And that's when Travis makes his move. Right. Everyone's distracted by this guy screaming. Yeah. Comes out with his baseball bat and starts smacking the shit out of everyone. <laughs> what, even the film crew? <laughs> they might get caught with a couple of stray swings, just as he's sort of pulling back. Yeah. Just knocks the film. It's like um, it's like Casey Jones from The Turtles. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. So he takes out all the guys on the boat. Yeah. And they're like, "What the fuck? What the fuck's going on? Why do they want you?" And he's like, "Oh, because I killed some people here. They were sort of high profile. What celebrities? Connected, yeah. Vietnamese celebrities. They were. Oh shit. TV celebrities. Fuck. Loved by hundreds of viewers." They were quite, hundreds they were, of viewers. Hundreds. <laughs> Successful. <laughs> well, come on, it's Vietnam. <laughs> I'm sure they've got more than a few hundred people in there. Yeah, account. but not everyone enjoyed them. Ah, oh, right, yeah. Uh, they were kind of like... They were niche. They were the... They were uh, cult following. They were the Marmite of TV. Oh, right. Well, that's not bad. 50-50. So, uh, yeah. That's not bad. So, yeah, so he killed these, these TV celebrities. Right. They were like presenters. They were like the Anton Deck. Wasn't he there to fight their army? 
He wasn't yeah, there to kill celebrities. Why did they get caught? What, what, what were Vietnamese celebrities doing in the jungle? Because they were doing like a little TV documentary. Well, that's fucking. Re- that's, that's just idiotic. Why would she do that? There's a fucking war going on in the jungle and they're going to do a little. That's just what they wanted to do. They thought, you know what, we're TV celebrities. We want to get down there on the ground with these soldiers. Well, they're See certainly down like on the ground them. now, aren't they? Literally, underground. Yeah. Muppets. He's like, yeah, I killed these, these TV celebrities. Right. National treasures. Yeah. And now the Vietnamese people want my blood. Right. It's like, well, well, maybe we should leave then. Yeah. And it's like, no, no, we're not leaving. We're going to make this film. Right. Whether they like it or not. Right. And so then they spend the next six months making this six film. Six months? Yeah. That's a long time. Well, because they have to keep stopping. What, to fight people? Yeah, because they keep getting attacked by the Vietnamese people. But this film crew on... And Travis <laughs> Big have to keep beating them off. So it's just him with a baseball bat. He hasn't even got a gun or anything. It's just yeah, him just with a baseball bat. bat. Until it gets to a point where... So they only... They, they literally just need to get close enough to be able to shoot him and so that he can't hit them yeah, with a baseball bat. Yeah, are quick, so they keep hitting baseball bat. He's swinging it. He's, what, he's, he's, he's hitting bullets much, away. He's pretty much a Jedi. Where he could just deflect bullets with the baseball bat. Yeah, you know what I was talking about earlier with Scorsese films being real... <laughs> Uh, Scorsese's not directing this yeah he definitely ain't going to be directing this <laughs> Spielberg's directing this Spielberg ain't going to be directing this either yeah so they, they this is like a Michael stopping. Mann film no Michael Mann's more realism than... <laughs> he is he's more realistic he's more realistic he's yeah. very realistic in comparison to in this in comparison to this yeah. so yeah so they spend the next six months trying to make this film they get it all in the can they rap did I say Michael Mann? Michael Bay. Oh, Michael Bay. Yeah, this is a Michael Bay film. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Michael Mann. No, Michael Bay is yeah, what I meant. Yeah, Michael Bay can do this. Yeah. 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 He can throw in some Transformers as well if he wants. Yeah. It, it won't make it any worse. Yeah. So, they finally finish the film and they get it in the can and they say, right, that's it, we're done. We're heading off. Turns out Travis Bickle has pretty much halved the population of Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. But the film crew have been protected. Yeah. And they leave. Well, that's the main thing, isn't they it? They leave. And they're like, you come in, Travis. And he's like, no. I'm going to stay here and sacrifice myself to these people. Why would you and do I'm, that? Why, why are you going to do that? Yeah. He's like, well, because I deserve to die for what I did. But I needed you to make the film. Right. I needed you to tell the story so that people will know what I did. Right. But now I need to die. And they're like, that's noble. We're going to add that to the end of the film. Yeah. Not here. When we get back, <laughs> we'll do it in post. <laughs> film it happening. We'll film it. <laughs> so they bugger off. Yeah. And then the Vietnamese people start closing in on him. And he just gets down on his knees and waits. And the guy comes along with a sword and chops his head off. Nice. Yeah. It's a noble death. What's the, what's the name of the film? Um, the taxi driver to yeah Vietnamese killer <laughs> taxi driver to Vietnamese killer yeah it's it's not quite what does it say in America Vietnamese yeah <laughs> Vietnamese Vietnamese 
Um, yeah, if I'm honest with you there, Tom, that sounds like a crock of shit. <laughs> hey, you're entitled to your opinion. I am. Um, and, and that is my opinion. <laughs> right, okay. So, this film is a completely different cast. Okay? Hmm? This is like National Lampoons. So you mean not even Robert De Niro? <clears throat> not even Robert De Niro. He's not even in it. Okay. okay. So, ballsy move. What? Ballsy move. Eh? It is a ballsy move. Let's see um, if it pays off. We'll see if it pays off, yeah. So, Taxi Driver 2. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so... The main guy in this film... Because it's a different story. Mm. Okay. So there's there's links to Taxi Driver. Right. The only link, well, there's one link to Taxi Driver, and the only he's a link, Taxi Driver. The only <laughs> no no the only well no he is a Taxi Driver. Okay, so two links. Yeah. And the only link, the only main link is that. Wait, he's a Taxi Driver. Is not a main link. <laughs> what? The film's called Taxi Driver. Yeah, no, but what we'll get at is the main link between them is that this guy. They're brothers. No. This guy is a taxi driver at the same taxi company as him, as okay. De Niro. Okay. okay. So, so they've this, met. They, they've met plenty of times, okay. yeah. Is this set at the same time? Uh, yes, no, it's set at the same time. Okay. 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 But this is someone else's story. So you know, you know, like Cloverfield? Yeah. They were talking um, about there might have been a sequel to Cloverfield where they were going to have... Because there was another person with a camera, wasn't yeah, there? And they were thinking of, of a different point of view of the same film yeah. and doing it differently. Yeah. Which I still think they should do. I think that would be good, doing that. I'd like to see that. Yeah, I think it's a bit late now, really. It's late now, yeah. but it would have been good if they'd have done it. at the time, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's like that. So it's... It's the same film, like but it's happening at the same time. It's the same taxi force, but you're you're following someone else's story. It's mm. a different driver. Okay, so this driver, he's um, he's nothing like De Niro's character. You know, he's actually a really nice guy. He's just a normal fella. Um, likes to likes his sport, likes his films, and, and that he's got kids. So it's complete opposite. Then. Complete opposite. Okay. Uh, his family man. Okay, just yeah. a nice guy. Um, and his son wants to be a film director mm. um, and it's his birthday coming up yeah. um, so he's got him like a camera and stuff for his birthday because he wants to inspire his kids to go on and be something and his, yeah. his other son's really into sport and stuff um, they're twins so identical or not identical, not identical. Um, but they are twins so obviously it's both of their birthdays okay. um, so he's really into sport so he, he's got a baseball bat so he's got a baseball bat for his son who wants to go into baseball and stuff he's a massive fan and everything loves the Yankees and that yeah. um, and then obviously his, his son wants to grow up to be the next Spielberg or Scorsese okay. Scorsese directing this Scorsese isn't directing this okay. either no this film is being directed by the Farrelly brothers so it's a comedy <laughs> well well we don't know yet we'll see yeah. <laughs> we'll see so this film's being directed by the Farrelly brothers. Um, the Taxi Driver is being played by Jim Carrey. Okay. Okay. So it's a comedy. <laughs> well, have you seen the number 23? Yeah, but the Farrelly brothers didn't direct that, so... I'm kind of assuming if you put the two together... 
well... I can't see the Farrelly Brothers directing Jim Carrey in a series. Well, you haven't seen... You, you, well, you don't know yet. Right, so he's... Um, so Jim is... He's driving his taxi back for yeah. his kids. Um, and he gets there. Um, and you see the two twins. They're both black. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Me, myself and Irene. No. <laughs> no, not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. Okay. Right. Um, but he's got two black twins. You find out that his wife, who's played by Julia Roberts, um, has left him um, with Morgan Freeman. Um, and he's been left with the kids. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, who he's still adamant that they're his. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so, <laughs> so she's left. Right. Okay. Um, but he brings the kids up um, and they go on to be, you know, you know, all members of society. Yeah, his his son um, grows up. He, he plays a bit of baseball, but um, in the end, he goes into well. He in the end, he actually goes into basketball. He plays in the NBA. His <laughs> right. yeah. um, okay, yeah, and his his other son um, grows up to be film director. Um, directs a, a few things and stuff, and, and does pretty well for him himself. Um, his his basketball son, um, you know, is doing really well. Um, he's got his own trainers that have come out. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, is he quite a well-known basketball player? Um, to some people, I mean, he, I mean, Jim calls him Mickey. Um, okay, um, and and he always says how. How he gets like ridiculous amount of air. He probably like oh, the amount yeah. of the amount of air that he jumps. He said you could probably jump to like Jordan the amount of times that you. So that caught on. So he was called Mickey Jordan, um, and then his um, his other um, son, um, whose name was Lee. Mm. Um, he he was always like um, as well as his love for films and stuff. He he really loved animals and stuff. Um, and he always used to look after hedgehogs and stuff. And he, he pricked his finger on one once. And he was um, so they called him Spiky. Yeah. So yeah. so he grew up, <laughs> and they both they so both did their own thing. Mickey Jordan, Spiky Lee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did their own thing. Anyway, Spiky Lee he decides to to make a film, but he wants his dad to be in it. Right. Okay. Um. And he wants to do a, a, a hijacking film, mm. okay? Um, but he, but he wants to do a twist on a hijack. He wants to do like a like a bank film, like a bank job thing. Hijacking a bank. Yeah, he wants to hijack a bank basically because this bank is actually a uh, a bank on wheels. Okay. A moving bank. It's a moving bank. It's mobile bank. It's a mobile they bank. Have mobile bank. Yeah, it's a mobile bank. Um, so they hijack the bank. Okay, in this film. Yeah. Um, and they've got Clive Owen in the film, um, but they don't know Clive's actually. He's actually hiding inside. Um, so he's like the inside man. guy in the yeah. in the bank. He's um, the man inside. He's the man inside the bank. Yeah. Um, so he's a man who's inside yeah. um, this bank, uh, which is moving, which is being hijacked. Um, what they 
what he doesn't realise is where it's being actually driven to, though. So they they drive it onto a boat, and the boat takes it over to um, to the Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know why they did because they could have just driven across the border and into South America. Yeah. But they, they decided to that, yeah they decided to get a that. boat and then go that way into the Amazon. Yeah. Um, so they're now in the jungle. Okay. In this film. Um, and then you realise that this film isn't actually a film. This is the, the actual real film. Okay, so this is all happening. So you think it's a film within a film. But they're really and, hijacking a bank. But they are actually really hijacking a bank. Okay, and taking it to the jungle. Jim Carrey has no idea that this is actually a real thing. He thinks that this is a film okay. that's being made about a hijack. But then he's just... But then what about is, Spikey Lee? Spikey Does Lee he it's a film? He's in on it. Right. Spikey Lee is making it out that it is a film when it's not a film. It's all right, so he's getting his dad involved. He's getting his dad involved, but he knows that his dad is Morgan Freeman. Right. He's not an idiot. He's black, and Jim Carrey is not, and his mum's Julia Roberts. He knows that... Yeah. He knows he's not his dad. Yeah. He's not a fool. And so does Mickey Jordan. He also knows. Yeah. Mickey Jordan also is asked to do the film as well. Mm. Okay. So Jim Carrey just thinks he's just got, you know, his dad and his brother to be in this film. And yeah. he thinks it is just a film, but it's not. They are actually genuinely hijacking this. This is all, and they're in on it. And Mickey Jordan's in on it. Mickey Jordan's in on it. Mickey Jordan's in on it. Spikey Lee's in on so it. So they're both getting their dad involved. Yeah. Clive Owen is just an actor. Clive Owen, Clive, Clive Owen thinks it's just a role. Clive Owen thinks it's a role. Jim Carrey thinks that he's just been invited to do a thing. Everyone else is in on it. Okay. So they take it to the jungle. Yeah. And in the jungle, waiting for them, is Morgan Freeman. Okay. Okay. And shit goes down. All right? Yeah. And Clive Owen gets out of the, out of the um, bank. Yeah. Bang. Shot dead. Okay. And then Jim Carrey thinks that it's just part of the. He film. thinks it's part of the act. Yeah. But then Morgan Freeman goes and he pops one in his head, and then Jim Carrey's then like, "Okay, what the fuck's going on?" And then then Jim Carrey's like saying to um, Spikey Lee, "Like, why have you got him in your film? Yeah. Why have you decided to bring him? Like, you know what he's done to our family. Yeah. Why? Why on earth would you invite him?" And then Spikey Lee turns around and says, because he's my dad. Right. Right. And then Jim Carrey's like, well, I'm the one who raised you all this time as my own. Yeah. Like, what's up with this? So Morgan Freeman then decides, do you know what? You've, you know, you have brought up my kids and stuff, you know. <laughs> that didn't take much reasoning, did it? You know, no, no this, this is what you think. Oh, okay. Right. He goes, you know, you have, you know, you you are the better man, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm going to walk away. And then Jim Carrey's like, really? And he's like, no, you fucking idiot. And he punches him, okay? Yeah. And they, they tie him up. And they put him in this, um, back in the bank. Mm. And they drive it to this um, tribe in the Amazon jungle, yeah. okay? And... This tribe um, recognise the bank, <laughs> not the bank. They reckon they 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 basically let them have the money, 
<laughs> the tribe. The tribe. Let the tribe have the money. What are they going to do with it? Because they're paying that. That money is to pay for the tribe to get rid of Jim Carrey. But what yeah. is the tribe going to do with money? <laughs> well, they're getting bored of living in a jungle. <laughs> they want to move out to the city. They want to. They want to branch out um, away. Right. So do some investment banking. So they've got to get rid of Jim Carrey. Anyway, what they don't realise is that Jim Carrey is a Hollywood actor. <laughs> All right, so Jim Carrey is playing well, himself. Jim Carrey is playing Spikey Lee's dad and in the film, but they didn't realise that Jim Carrey was actually a, a Hollywood superstar. Um, and that <laughs> this particular tribe were the tribe from Ace Ventura when nature calls. Right, so he knows them. He knows them. Yeah. And it backfires. They kill Morgan Freeman, they kill Spikey Lee, Mickey Jordan. They manage... To um, they do this special tribe thing where they can suck a bullet out of someone's head. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it wasn't so much what you said; it was the action you did to it. <laughs> oh they, uh, god! They they suck the bullet out of uh, Clive's head. <laughs> They do this Mr. Muwagi shit and, uh, and they bring Clive Owen back um, and then uh, and then they all they all go in and, and have some beers and, uh, and that's uh, and that's how that ends and that is the, that's the sequel to Taxi Driver I forgot it was Taxi Driver <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh god so that's um, yeah Taxi oh. Driver 2 it was just a uh, it's called it's, it's, what was what's your favourite music from Taxi Driver um, probably like, the bit of music that plays throughout the whole film <laughs> <laughs> we've really picked films this series that don't have much music don't know. it's just all about the theme I think it was only The Departed really that actually had a choice yeah this series yeah but it's been a hell of a series Tom. it's been a good series it's been a good series I think um, I think next series we might mm. make it a bit lighter it's been quite a dark been, series uh, yeah we've done some serious films I think maybe um, although we've kind of looked at them in a lighter light <laughs> well we tried tried we tried uh, I think I think we'll try and make it a bit lighter next next yeah. series which we'll hopefully do later on in the year Definitely. Yeah. So so be, be tuned for series four um, of Movie Madness, Tom and Jono. Um, and, uh, and I hope that we've... Uh, I hope we've entertained. We've entertained and we've left we've you, on, left a, you on, a, on a high note. We've, yeah. Maybe got you thinking. Opened yeah. your eyes to some stuff. Also, I might just add, um, you can't suck a bullet out of someone's head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can anyway. We'll um, see you next series. <laughs> You can try. <laughs> you can try. <laughs> See ya! <laughs> <laughs>